0: what's up welcome to the inner city innovators podcast where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged now here are your hosts and hope dealers the montal and ricky aiken through our icebreaker highlights challenges
1: and state of being for sure for sure so as y'all know every episode um in our weekly groups as well with our mentees with our youth we practice this um engagement so i'm gonna go ahead and crank it off one of my highlights this week is i told y'all a lie last one of the last episodes i still ain't dropped the ebook yet my bad but it. i'm about to finally do it i just had to repackage and repurpose it okay. um I was trying to push it, but I wanted to figure out how could I create a bonus deal around it, bring some additions in to incentivize it for um, interested customers. So I'm finally about to drop that thing and try to really turn up with that. Um, A challenge I'm having this week, uh, mental health, actually. I'm... You know, we the mental health guys, but I'm actually having a little mental health battle myself. Uh, So I'm just balancing. Lately, I've been having a struggle with balance. um, So many different things are going on, but nonetheless, we making it work. We making it happen, so that's a challenge. And my state of being is definitely present. I'm here, I'm present. I've been too caught up in the future, uh, planning ahead. I've been too stuck in the past trying to learn from mistakes, drawing back, and I'm just not very present. Not in the moment, not embracing life, not really looking at what I have right now. So that's my state of being, just present. What about you, Norman? How you feeling?
2: Um, My state of being, um, I'm feeling clear, man. I'm feeling real, real. I'm in a good space right now. Um, I'm feeling really, really clear. Um, Circling around the sun, another 365 days. Um, Highlight, that leads into my highlight, which is uh, my birthday is coming up. up. So um, I get to celebrate another year of life. Um, yeah, that's, that's really my highlight right now, man. Just uh, being appreciative to be alive and free and, um, being able to do what I want to do right now. Um, my challenge. Um, what would be my challenge? Um, right now, um, adulting. Um, that's, that's the biggest challenge right now, man. It's just, um, taking care of everything, all your priorities, uh, wearing these different hats, um, just staying afloat, man. um, just taking it, just taking a day at a time and, um, just, just. Analyzing everything and just, like I said, staying, taking, taking it one day at a time. Man.
0: Yeah, that's real. I would say my highlight is uh, <laughs> being on this platform with you two, man. Y'all like nice. for the audience that don't know, man, these guys are the super team. Like when I if I look at what I do as an NBA franchise, we 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 have a big three. Like, these guys are definitely a part of my big three. Chelsea also, but these guys are a part <laughs> of my program in big three. Uh, they're having an the impact in the community, big three. So to get here and to kind of dive into your story um, is going to be amazing. So that's my highlight. Um, so, my challenge it. is, you know, just trying to stay – Trying to bear it all, trying to carry it, you know, Mm -hmm. trying not to let anything fall off the plate um, that I can't afford to fall off the plate. Uh, Trying to continue to create new opportunities uh, for my boy, uh, LaShawn uh, and the other hope dealers in the movement. Like when like when when we lead, like it's not it's no longer about us. You know, you got people that are looking up to you uh, not only for paychecks, but for direction. Um, and, and for example, so I take that serious and uh, it can be a challenge every now and then. And uh, I would describe my state of being as I'm feeling hopeful. You know, I'm, feel, I'm feeling hopeful um, of the future, um, of where I am, where we are, and, um, and just hearing uh, LaShawn just where you're at and how you're able to understand where you're at in your journey. You know, where that indicator's going off that, yo, you're too focused on this or you're not nice. being present. Um, that's big so I want to big up that and that helps my state of being be better knowing that you know how to manage yours so kudos to you bro so before we get into the next section I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor the Piper's Angel Foundation
1: yes sir
0: yes sir thank you thank you thank you for sponsoring today's episode Led by a good friend of mine, Travis Suit. Uh, Travis has been nothing short of a brother to me over the few short years that I've known him, but I felt like I've known him all my life. And what I know about him is his passion and his dedication, not just to himself and to his life, but to his daughter um, who struggles with cystic fibrosis, which is the problem that Piper's Angels Foundation seeks to assist and support families through. And so his heart in dealing with his daughter has given them a wider heart for other people in the community that are going through the same thing. And if you've ever heard me talk, you've always heard me say, real change happens when the people who need it, lead it. And this is a change Travis needed in his life He's leading that change in his community and with other families suffering through cystic fibrosis. (laughs) So we'd like to thank them uh, for sponsoring this episode. And if you didn't know, our team will be participating in in Piper's Angels uh, Crossing for a Cure to raise awareness and funds uh, and resources for families going through this journey. At the end, there'll be opportunities for you to donate, uh, for you to sponsor, and all that good stuff. Because we'll be paddleboarding boarding from the Bahamas back to Lake Worth Beach. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it. Talk That's about gonna it. going to be crazy, bro. Right? And, uh, yeah, I've never really paddle boarded before. I'm just learning how. And uh, the events in June. So no, I think July, July, yeah, July. So be uh, at that. Yeah, this space (laughs) is some serious courage, bro. (laughs) So looking forward to. So thank you again to uh, Piper's Angel. We're looking forward to the crossing. So Norman, yeah, thank you for being on today, man. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good, man. Um, I want to thank you two guys for allowing me to um, be on your platform and um, you know, just be a guest in in this space. So. It's my first time doing a podcast, so I'm just very appreciative of you guys even allowing me to, um, to be
0: here. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's all love. This is what we do. You know, we want to show others how to be a hope dealer. And the only way we can do that is by deconstructing what a hope dealer is. And there's no better interviewee than you. So we're excited.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So my first question, and I'm sure LaShawn will have a follow-up, is what does it mean for you to be a hope dealer?
2: Um, for me to be a hope dealer, it's um, um, to be honest, it's making a sacrifice, man. Um, giving back to your community, uh, being the being the change that your community needs, um, someone that they can look up to in, in, um, inside the neighborhoods and and be inspired, someone to be uh, to look to and be uplifted. So um, that's what it means for me to be a hope dealer. Um, continuing to doing doing the work that um, that people passed along to me. But, um, to be young, black, in the community, giving back to the community, and um, inspiring the, uh, the younger youth is definitely a calling that um that I felt
1: desperately needed what was needed in my community. yeah, for sure. And let me ask you, so you you gave us that, you let us know what your definition of being a hope dealer is, right? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, within your work, what is your overall goal? You know, what is the, what is the ultimatum for you? So do you want to see better athletes in our community? Are you looking for better students? Are you looking to build entrepreneurs? Is it the whole nine yards, you know, being a hope dealer, what is it that you seek to get out of this? When you are when you are gone from this planet one day, what do you want people to say? Norman wanted to happen in this community.
2: Um, all of the above, man. Um, For sure. Whatever they want to be, I want to be able to be the one or one of the ones who inspire the youth. Um, being being able to motivate them to uh, to see that to seek out um a better a better a better way of life. Um, when I'm gone and um I'm, I'm dead or uh no longer doing this work. Uh, I want, I want the neighborhood to know that Norman was, was one that inspired the youth who uh, uplifted everyone uh, in in the community who was going through maybe uh, violence, who was going through gun, gun issues. Uh, just want to be the one to motivate them and um, be able to change everything. That's we real. Expect, that's expect, real. Bro.
0: And, and that's important, you know, through our mentoring program, we help youth identify their ideal self, right. whatever that is for them. Mm-hmm. And you pretty much support them on that journey and I think that's important. Where would you say like you first saw the need for Hope Dealers in our community? When
2: I first saw the, uh, the need for a Hope dealer in our community, um, it was actually through social media to be honest. Um, I, saw, uh, I saw a post that you had made um, uh, seeking out uh, ways for uh, individuals to get involved to make a change in the community. For um for people to get involved, uh, whether it be within the community, outside of the community, just providing those resources to help the young man um see a better way of life. So um you you were you were the pilot, bro? You, you were yeah. the pilot for uh, actually inspiring me to get involved uh, with your movement, and um I just knew um I always knew, knew I wanted no, bring to pay Michael closer to you. I always knew I wanted to pay it forward. Um. To my community, but I just didn't know how or or when I, I would do that. But um, yeah, bro, you you the one that um definitely inspired me and uh, motivated me to uh, to to get on with get on board with this
1: movement.
0: That's real. That's real
1: for sure. So now that you're on board with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I asked you what was your end goal, what was your objective. So within the Hope Dealer Mentoring Program, what mm-hmm. is your role? What 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 is Norman's? What is Norman's duty? What is Norman's job description within the mentoring program? Because I understand there's many different aspects and dynamics of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not serving the same purpose as you or any, you know, we all here with our own collective interest to bring it together. So what is Norman's position here?
2: Uh, my position uh, with, with the Intercity Innovators, uh, I am the program's director. Um, I am the one who leads uh, programming on a, weekly, on a weekly basis to uh, run curriculum. And, uh, and what's that
1: like? What's the programming like? What's the curriculum like?
2: Uh, so basically programming happens on a, on a weekly basis. We have a group mentoring uh, once a, once a week, uh, one for the men's program and also one for the ladies program. But we also have host a uh, hybrid mentoring sessions as well where we are tapping to more one on one mentor. We dive a little bit deeper into their goals right. and uh, what they want to become in, in their lives, whether it's through mental health, whether it's through a uh, goal setting and uh, career career preparation. That's nice. dope. That's dope, bro.
0: Yeah. And that's so important, man. So many of the youth growing up in communities like we grew up in, yeah. they struggle with having the proper supports to. To once you made a few mistakes, most people count you out. They count you out. They're like. Oh you never like you you didn't finish school you're not going to finish school they pretty much wash their hands yeah, with put you. a label on you early. Exactly. And I think the importance of what we do is we help youth regain their their journey in life and and support them through that. So let's take it back like cuz you know, here we are today, and we're doing this work, you know, you're the programs director in inner city innovators, Uh, you're working with young men who are most likely to perpetrate and be victimized by gun violence. But there's a reason why you're doing this work. And most of our reasons are based in our upbringing and how we grew up, Mm -hmm. what kind of home and family did you come from that you feel like equipped you with the experience to know how to serve the youth that we serve in the way that you do?
2: Um, what? what, Basically, uh, my upbringing was uh, I I grew up in the inner city of uh, West Palm Beach, uh, whether it was through Pleasant City in the Tamron corridors, uh, raised by a single mom who had uh, drug addiction problems. Um, I had older brothers who was involved in the uh, drug trade. Uh, So from a from a street side of everything, I saw everything from in the family, within the streets, so it was, it was really, really traumatizing to, to see all that happen and uh, be within my upbringing. Um, I've had friends, uh, neighborhood members um, be shot, be killed, uh, who've gone to jail, who've served time in prison, who've served time in jail. So that upbringing alone was something that I knew wasn't my reality. That's right. something that I knew that I, want, I didn't want to um, go down that path. So. Um, I just knew there was a way out that I, I, it was there was something over me that, that I felt as though like okay although this is going on this has never touched me God God willing it, it just never touched me mm-hmm. and I, I just knew that if I stayed on the right track by by continuing to be involved in sports continuing to listen to my mentors who are um, who brought me in the community centers and uh, various coaches that I had growing up I just knew that there, was, there has to be a better way. There has to be something out there other mm-hmm. than the inner city of uh, street streetness that that's that was happening within my neighborhood.
0: Wow. <coughs>
1: that's, wow. that's interesting. So you said under, I understand you say you grew up with uh, your siblings. How many siblings did you have? Uh, three brothers. All right. Uh, three, cool. three older
2: brothers with a single mom.
1: So let me ask you, are any of them still in in traumatic situations as a result of your past, as a result of the way you guys come up? So is anybody incarcerated? Is anybody deceased?
2: Well, actually, um, one of my three brothers was actually, uh, was actually murdered, uh, due to gun violence. Um, Sorry so, to hear that, bro. yeah, bro. It's, it's actually coming up on 10 years now that, um, he's been deceased, um, which is actually a, a close, um, a close, um, friend of Ricky's, uh, older brother as well. So you got a so,
1: real raw inspiration behind this, bro.
2: Yeah, man. So, um, that's one side of why I actually got involved with this work was that, uh, my brother was murdered, um, in, in, the, in, um, 10 years ago, like I said, and not only did his, his, him losing his life inspire me, but I've had friends, uh, be 15, 16, um, 14 years old be murdered, um in my community by the hands of another individual that looks like them so (laughs) um being traumatized by that uh that alone just just i wanted it to be able to stop um at some point and i just knew that i wouldn't be able to save all lives or every life i'm no i'm no idiot to, to believe that but if we can if if i can save one life which i believe i've already done so then that's a success for me as as of now. But I want to continue this work, continue this movement, and hopefully we can save many more lives. Facts. And I
1: want to draw you into. I wanted to draw that into this real quick. I wanted to ask you, so then with that being said, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can pick maybe two or three men from your community who we could size you up against, right? Mm -hmm. Same age, same upbringing, same background, right? Mm -hmm. But they took a whole different route. They might be strung out somewhere on drugs. They might be still in the community, you know, causing the community to self-destruct like it is, Mm -hmm. just not in the same line of work as you, right? Right. Making excuses for it though, right, too. Mm -hmm. So you ask them like, why you do what you do? And they got every excuse. So if if I could take you and take that individual right now and I could say, hey, what's the root behind y'all's upbringing? How did you get to where you are? If both of y'all told me the same thing, I came up in a drug-infested household, I came up in a povertyized household, I came up with less, I came up around killing, I came up around gang-banging, right? If both of you gave me the same exact answer, how would you define to me that you were able to take those same circumstances as somebody who ran left with it and crashed out mm-hmm. and develop a no-excuse mindset? Because there's two ways to look at it. You can have you can come out of that with no excuses, and you can boss your life up, mm-hmm. or you can let the way you came up absolutely destroy you going right. forward. So, how did you develop this no excuse mentality to move the way you move? Because well, you make no excuses, bro. Just knowing yeah, you as a I man, it,
2: I can take it back to when I was sixteen years old, um, which was one of the deadliest times. And that's uh, what we in, want our, in, our, in our upbringing, bro. Um, it was a time around where gangsters and thugs uh, was was really popping in in our community. Um, everyone, everyone. Was notorious for selling drugs, uh, shoot, shootouts, drive by shootings, and I lost a, a lot of my friends either through the penitentiary or to the graveyard. So uh, my brother actually came down, my oldest brother um, Jermaine. He actually came down and um, he said, um, "This is not this is not the future that I want for you." So he served as my as my first mentor, to be honest, um, within a, within a family sense, and um, he removed me from that situation. Um, he adopted me. I moved with him for two years, and I finished high school in Alabama. Um, throughout that process, a lot of a lot more friends were being murdered. Um, a lot more friends were catching all these criminal charges, all these felonies, and it was continuous. Yeah, it was it was a continuous cycle, bro. And I, I felt as though like, dang man, I, I felt guilty because here I am, prospering, striving for greatness, uh, c- completing high school. Because I don't know if you know, but. Um, I can count on my hands how many friends that i have that has a a high school diploma from my neighborhood Mm -hmm. like i literally can count on my hands um but i i just knew that this wasn't the life for me bro like you you got to be inspired you gotta you gotta you gotta surround yourself around people who, who who believe in you and he was my first belief um um living in living in like suburbia alabama uh being able to have a clear mind a clear conscience um, really? I was I was able to, to develop a vision and continue my my, my pursuit within athletics. Um, so that that was that was the first step, bro. So like just switching like, it so, up, sur- essentially. surrounding yourself around individuals. I um, Because you could be in the same setting, you could be in the same neighborhood that I come from, but be around decent individuals. Right. Uh, someone that's going to tell you right from wrong. Someone that's going to inspire you. Someone that's going to look out for you and tell you when when you're making those bad decisions. So. Um, I would say that would be the difference, and um, between a person uh, coming from the same circumstances that, that I come from, is just surrounding yourself around good people and like surrounding and yourself around men- brothers and like you That mentorship, oh, bro.
1: like you said, that yeah. mentorship, you might have had that. Mm-hmm. So interesting, yeah. bro, for sure. So you
0: would say your your older brother's mentorship saved your life.
2: Um, Initially, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, At that
0: time, just like pulling you out of a situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that was because I was around here then. Yeah. And anybody could have been shot and killed that Mm -hmm. time, including myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, it's like sometimes God, like, puts us in these circumstances that we don't even know he's putting us in Mm -hmm. sometimes to kind of save us from ourselves. (laughs) Right. Because I could almost guarantee you that. If you were in West Palm, you would have been around dudes that you grew up with, which would have put you on the trajectory or statistically increased the likelihood of you being victimized by gun violence.
2: Although I had the vision to be, uh, you know, everybody growing up, you 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 want to be an athlete, you want to be some kind of professional that that gets you that gets you as much money as possible. Yeah, but, uh, like you like you alluded to, bro. Like, had I stayed in West Palm Beach or had I been around the same circle of people? Nine times out of ten right now, I'll have a felony, I'll be in jail, or um, I would just not be on this path. I believe God pulled me out of that situation, surrounded me around my brother so I can be the change that I need to be desperately now and be on this trajectory so that I can give brothers an opportunity to see, like, if you put your mind to it if you surround yourself around individuals or mentors who can help you yeah then you can see a way out you you could you can you can be who you want to be yeah. in in this world so i and believe that's 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 why i'm here now
0: and I, I don't want people to miss that because like when we talk about communities of concentrated disadvantage we're talking about concentrated fatherlessness concentrated poverty concentrated drug abuse and addiction, concentrated violent crimes. To, to to There was a statistic I had read many years ago that said the young men from my community were more likely to go to prison than they were to finish high school. I'm a high school dropped out that wanted to follow in the footsteps of my dope deal and older brothers. They didn't do it. to, They did it to provide a way. And so... When you when you when you are moved and relocated from the community, you see this devastation happening back home. Mm-hmm. You kind of alluded to survivor's guilt, yeah, to where you felt like, why did I deserve here and my friend? Like, how do you deal with that now? Because what many people don't understand, we're working in the same communities we grew up in. And one of the saddest things for me is to drive down Tamron and see dudes that I grew up with strung out on drugs succumbing to mental health challenges mm-hmm. homeless like it's the saddest thing in the it's world to be successful or a success in a place that tried to destroy you mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with that guilt
2: um the the best way to deal with that survivor's uh guilt or that 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 mentality is it's it's traumatizing bro. to be honest yeah. um the best way that I deal with it is actually just trying to uplift as many individuals as I can. That's yeah. that's the best way for me to to deal with it. But if I'm if I'm being honest, every time I do come to my community, I see individuals on that same corner that was there when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Um it's a, it's a it's a recurrent cycle that that's happening over and over and over again and it's like when when is this ever going to change? Back. Right. And until Individuals wake up and realize that this is this shouldn't be the norm. Right, it's gonna continue to perpetrate and, and be a cycle within our community. Mm. But I get depressed a lot, bro, because here I am, an individual that comes from the same community that they're in. They're looking at me as in like this is this used to be my younger brother or this used to be my younger my younger um friend, my little homie, my little homie, and now he on this path, he on this trajectory, like. Yeah, I can see it in their eyes. Like, yep. dang, bro, like you, you doing good, but we can't, we can't continue to have a lot of conversations because I'm on a different path, right. and, a lot and it of depresses individual. them. And it's it,
0: like, where, where my life is at a standstill mm-hmm. if yours is is going to the next level.
2: Yeah, I almost sometimes, bro. I almost, I do feel guilty. Like, I, I, I feel guilty a lot, and sometimes it, it puts me, it puts me in a place of complacency because. I don't want. It's, it's strange. It's 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 unaware. Like I can't have a lot of a lot of conversations with people from my community because they don't they can't understand where I'm going or the right. success that I'm having. Right. Like believe it or not, like when you come around individuals from your community that's still in the same place that they were 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago, it does something to them. Yeah. that's why it's, a lot of people when they when they do get successful they don't come back to their communities because it's, it's depressing bro it, it's yeah.
1: insane I like to say bro sorry to cut you in but cut you out but if you enter the fastest way to kill a big dream is to introduce it to a small mind yeah. mm. you take your big mm. dream and take it to a small feeble mind yeah. they're guaranteed to kill it Yeah, yeah. so it's just yeah. like it's like taking taking your blood to a leech bro yeah you know what i'm saying and then
0: the the thing to remember it's not even their fault it's not like they're profound casualties Mm -hmm. of much bigger issues in our community and if they knew how to see a right they would and that's why the examples that you set with your life are so important Mm -hmm. and i want to speak to the mental health that this work brings about like So often when people think about the work we do, you know, it's unlike any other program that you've ever seen, right? If I worked at United Way or the Boys and Girls Club or Urban Youth Impact or one of these agencies that are doing similar work, chances are you have people who probably aren't from that community driving in from the suburbs to do this work or college kids that are on staff doing this work. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have to deal with the burden of being seen by a, a people in their own community. And to drive this point home, like one of my favorite Bible verses was, I think it was in the book of Mark and it says, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown, Mm. right? It's why people always complain that there aren't any successful artists from Palm Beach because Palm Beach hates and it eats its own. Mm -hmm. That's what anywhere, if you are from a situation, because people feel like they know you, they don't take you serious. Yeah. You'll always be Lil Norm, mm-hmm. Lil Ricky, Lil La- like. Yeah. You'll always be that first that image. Little that little business, they, that little thing. Exactly, you Exactly. <laughs> so you not only have to work against that to make an impact, mm-hmm. you got to work against the mental health challenges that you alluded to. So I want people to know that the work we do is not easy work for that reason. Facts. Uh, we're gonna
1: close out soon but before we do let me ask you norman so we got your whole hope dealer rap sheet mm-hmm. pretty much um it gets a lot deeper but we got you on a surface level so what about before hope dealing mm-hmm. right so we you we understand you finished high school in alabama you said Yeah, I finished. Yeah. so let's go a little bit past that after alabama any college what's going yeah, on Yeah. so
2: um being able to be like i said i've, I've always been a student athlete uh sport is what Drove me um, throughout throughout uh, my schooling. Um, it, it kept me with my good grades, um, even though I was like a C C minus C plus student. It allowed me to continue to play sports, and that's what saved my life. But mm-hmm. um, after graduating you know, high school, or actually doing, I mean going back to high school I, when I was in Alabama, I got into track and field, bro. Um, that's something out of the norm that I that I would normally do. I just wanted to do track and field just to get faster, but that Michelle. eventually led me to. A collegiate scholarship, an athletic scholarship, to attend Troy University. So, um, mm-hmm.
1: coming from where we come from, you know, yeah. In a, in, a, in a million
2: years, I probably thought I would never go to college unless I was playing basketball or football. Mm-hmm. But to get it in track and field was just so strange, bro. Like, right? yeah. uh, I, I got I got a lot of um, a lot of applause from my from my community. People were was, was proud of me that I that I actually made it. That I actually was successful was 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 uh, moving forward with my life but um, while i was in troy university um i would t- obtain a, a bachelor's degree in uh, sport and fitness management though where i uh, where i learned how to be um any sport management where i learned everything within sport whether it was on a um on a management level a professional level a collegiate level and even in a, in a community level so um that led me to the path of uh being a personal trainer um back back home um that was my passion, that was my passion. It still is my passion as I'm now because I'm still doing personal training right now. So uh, I've always wanted to help people. Um, being able to help people uh, be successful, achieve their goals, that is something that, that aligned me with the Hope Diller movement and which yeah. I'm con- continuing to do, to do today. Yeah. That's
0: dope. And I remember when you came back, like you, you saw my Facebook post about mm-hmm. what was happening in the community. Nice. And when you came, bro, you you he was just like, how can I help? What do you need? Right. And this is at a time where there was no organization, really. There was no real direction. It was just some guys coming together, trying to make a difference. And I remember, bro, you would get off work early, or as soon as you got off work, you were with me in the community, bro, trying to use your social capital and life experiences to reach these youth and make a difference. And I wanna give you your roses for that because too often the number one problem and why we can't find the traction needed for change is because no one wants to follow anyone. And it's not even really about following, it's about aligning. No one really wants to align long enough where they have to swallow their ego and their pride to to do or to see an outcome mm-hmm. And you were able to do that, and you still do that, bro. And I think that's the secret behind the success of inner city innovators. Like a lot of people have come and gone, but only those who are truly dedicated to this cause, not for the cause's sake, but for the sake of impacting the youth that it reaches. That's what. That's the only way you can last. It can't be about what you'll get. It can't be about you. It has to be about the difference you wanna be make and a sense of calling. Mm-hmm. So I just wanna like how like I want you to speak to that. Like if there's somebody out there that's listening that that wants to know like maybe they're not a me, right? What if they're a Norman? Like what advice would you give them on how to use their skill set? To take something that may be good mm-hmm. and make it great.
2: Um, my advice to those individuals who's who's seeking to uh first first of all, you gotta be able to follow before you can lead. Mm. Um a lot of people have a lot of movements, um, ideas, these 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 grand schemes, but no one is willing to help and to assist. And like mm. you said, bro, um if you're Captain America, I'm Iron Man. If you're Superman on Batman you got to right. be able to align yourself with individuals as, and be supportive of that movement full full force um there can't be no um there, there can't be no uh monetary gain or incentive to motivate you in, right, in the beginning you got to be you got to be willing to do this uh for for, for nothing at all if, if anything uplifting the individuals I'll always say that Inner city innovators is the ones that cut my check, but I work for the youth. Amen. When they are successful, I am successful. Yep. Uh, Without them, I have no job. So Mm -hmm. as long as um, we have youth in our community who's looking for a way out, who's looking for mentorship, that is what I want to be. You gotta be able to do the work. If Mm -hmm. if if you're not willing to do this work, then it will not come to fruition. Mm -hmm. You got. You got to be. You got to be the one who steps up, make the sacrifices. Um, carry his weight home. Um, be be willing. Be willing to cry at night sometimes. Yeah. Be be willing to, um, just just be willing to make be that change in your community. Because if you're if you're not, then it won't it won't it won't come alive. Um, exactly. I remember one time somebody told me, uh, or they just spoke to it. They was like, the real movement happens is when you have followers behind you that believe in the movement. Mm. Like a lot of people can't be Ricky again. A lot of people won't be able to be Ricky Yakin, but a lot of people can be Norman. Mm. A lot of people can be KO. Right. A lot of the people can be can be you and and support that movement and that's what and that's what builds it and that's what makes yeah. it true.
1: Yeah. Right. Definitely. Wow. Um well that y'all know Norman now. Y'all yeah. know Norman. Let's give you another round of applause for that yeah. phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal rundown of yourself. So as we know Thank now you. T uh what would remind me again of where you got where you got your degree Troy. from? Troy. Ah, Troy University. Troy University graduate. Shout out to T. Roy. Yeah, shout out to T. Roy. <laughs> Troy University graduate, Sir. avid father, hope mm-hmm. dealer, Sir. community activist. You got it all, bro. Trainer as well. Yeah, all, all physical trainer. Let's go, go. go. You got it all. <laughs> so you want to go ahead and let them know what what the name of your company is, if they can find you on social media.
2: Absolutely. Uh, my, my LLC is uh, Fit by Norm. Everything on all platforms is Fit by Norm. I'm looking to inspire individuals who's looking to get uh, personal training, I'm looking to change your mindset, your lifestyle, and also be a mentor to you uh, through that journey.
1: That's dope. So, yep. Y'all definitely gonna get more Norman. Whole lot more Norman. Um, At this point in time, the Inner City Innovators Hope Dealer Mentorship Program is growing at a rapid rate. So, you're gonna get a lot more Norman. Giving you a lot more juice and gems as to what's to come. What's in store. So that's it for me I just want to send another thank you to today's sponsor uh, once again everything that you donate every uh, time you guys sponsor one of these episodes it goes back into the podcast back into City Innovators to furthering the mission and continuing to help uh, the youth and help us be the change that we want to see in our community so
0: take us home Ricky what you got for us Hey, man, thank y'all for listening. This has been such a great episode. Um, These are such great men, and we're going to keep this up. But like you said, we can't do it without your support. Go to innercityinnovators.org, make a donation in the description, write ICI Podcast if you want to sponsor the episode, or reach out to us on social media. And don't forget, go follow Fit by Norm on all your social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in.